Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Pride podcast we call From the Podium, where you get to hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. It's a Saturday edition of From the Podium, meaning you get the best of Thursday and Friday Zoom conference calls, so we have a stacked lineup for you. We'll first hear from the coordinators, Eric Bieniemy and Steve Spagnolo. We'll take a quick break, then hear from Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and Anthony Hitchens, and finish up with some assistance. Quarterbacks coach Mike Kafka, wide receivers coach Greg Lewis, and finally, cornerbacks and defensive backs coach Sam Madison. But let's start with the coordinators. Here is offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. All right. Well, first of all, I hope all is well with everyone. As I say each and every week, I hope everybody's families has remained safe throughout this entire uh, process that we've been experiencing. First of all, before we get started, one thing I wanted to do is just do a little special recognition, you know, a special recognition out and a shout out to, to Pat Mahomes and Dr. Larry DuVernay for being uh, nominated or, or named uh, Sports Illustrated People Sportsmen of the, of the Year. That is outstanding. OK, on top of that. Travis Kelsey being uh, nominated, all right, to represent us for the Walter Payton Award, uh, you know, as a nominee. It just goes to show you the type of character and the type of people that we have in this building and, and, and what great leaders and role models for the mentorship that they provide in our community here. So with that said, I'm all ears. Start first with Adam Fisher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Eric, how you doing today? What's going on, Adam? How you doing? Good, good. Thanks. Hey, um, the touchdown the other night against the Broncos uh, came on a free play, as you know. Um, where, what, what's your advice for Pat in situations like that? What, what do you tell him to do in those kinds of situations? Keep playing. Make everything. Make it happen. The thing that we want our guys up front to do, we want them to continue playing. We want the backs, if they're involved in protection, to make sure that they're not allowing any free shots uh, or free hits on the quarterback. So we want them to stay alive in the backfield. And then on top of that, we want our receivers to get open, find a way to get open. And we're always reminding Pat, let's make sure now that we complete it. Don't give them a gift in case it's not on us, uh, not on the opponent, excuse me. But let's make sure that we're throwing it and giving us the, the best opportunity to be successful. Go next to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Coach, I know like football is a physical game, right? And you're not, you can't win without it. But there's, there's kind of a mindset I hear, and I even heard a comment around the league about, you know, if you can't get one yard, you don't deserve to win. Right. Like what is that mindset going away? Like, should it go away? Is that like I, I know, like I said, I know the physicality is a part of the game, but the goal is to score more points. Right. Not not knock your guy off his feet. If that helps you score points. Right. That's a good thing. But is that mindset, you know, wrong and, and being unraveled right now in the NFL? I don't know. I think it's still an attitude and mindset and a determined mindset. At the end of the day, this is a physical game that we play. And like I told our guys before, if we can't move the chains, that's the problem. 
okay? Because you have to be able to run it when everybody knows that you're going to run it. Now, obviously, it's our job as coaches to make sure we're putting our guys in the best situations to be successful. And sometimes we got to self-reflect and make sure that we're giving them the right scheme. But when it's all said and done with, it's about an attitude and a determined mindset to make sure that we can make it happen. We don't care. We don't care what you do. But we have to get that mojo going, um, that mojo back. We've got four hands up. We'll go right down the line, starting with Pete Sweeney. Go, Pete. Hey, Coach. We asked uh, Patrick Mahomes about the red zone, and he cited exactly that, that we have to be able to run the ball when uh, you know when the other team knows that we're running the ball. What's your take on some of the red zone issues as of late, and how do you fix those as, as the season wears along here? Well, coaching and, and, and lack of execution. So as a coaching staff, we always want to make sure that we're studying and that we're exhausting every opportunity for our guys to be successful. And then when it's all said and done with the, the, the players' responsibilities is to make sure that they're executing their jobs with great attention to details. So somewhere along the line, we have to come together and get that fixed together. And then it doesn't matter. When it's all said and done with, every play that we feel going into a game plan is designed to score a touchdown. We got to find a way to make it happen. And I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. It's about an attitude and a determined mindset. But also, too, eliminating the mistakes and eliminating the penalties. Next to Harold Kuntz. Good, Harold. Eric, how are we doing today? Doing good. How you doing? I'm good, man. Hey, two questions related to what uh, Coach Brian Flores said the other day. Uh, one, he mentioned the last time that he coached against you was, of course, when he was D.C. for the Patriots. And he mentioned from that game to now, he watches you on tape and he says, you guys are better than you are now. Do you kind of agree with that sentiment that your offense has evolved since then? Well, I'll say this. Coach Flores is doing a hell of a job himself. He's done an outstanding job with his team. And, and, and first and foremost, thank you from last year for beating the Patriots and giving us that opportunity to, to secure home field advantage. But uh, on a serious note, he's, he's done a great job. He was a great defensive coordinator when he was with the Patriots. And you look at what he's done with this team. Okay. Last year, that team played hard for him. They played consistent football. Now, the results may have not always been exactly what they wanted, but now look how it's paid off. He's laid a foundation. That, that foundation has been established, and he's doing an outstanding job. But one thing I am going to say, we're playing good ball, but overall we know that we can, be, uh, we can play much better. Last two, Darren and then Nate. Go ahead, Darren. Hey, uh, Eric, uh, first of all, hope all is well with you. I'm going to uh, – I know you're not going to answer about coaching positions, so I'm going to blame that on Saran from last week. But I do want to ask, uh, according to what Brian Flores says, if you're not a head coach soon, something is wrong with the system or, or what they have in place. What advice would you give uh, other minority coaches who, who who will be in your situation towards the end of the season? Um, uh, you know, what advice would you give them about the interview process? And, and also, how does it feel to, to to where you know that players such as Deshaun Watson from the Houston Texans, and then, of course, you got reports out of Atlanta that they want you as their head coach? Well, and here's the thing. It's, it's, it's nice to be mentioned, and trust me, it's an honor. But when it's all said and done with, the only advice I can give to anyone in this profession is to keep chopping wood. You know, work hard at what you do. Be the best at what you do and where you are. Because that's the only thing that you can control. And when those opportunities are, are, are presented, just make sure that you're ready for that particular moment. And then you make the most of that defining moment and maximize that opportunity. Other than that, you know, we just 
we, 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 we rely upon what we do. I'm here where my feet are. You know, it's, it's time to get ready for the Miami Dolphins. We'll go last to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, EB, good to see you. Um, two guys I want to ask you about is Stephen Wisniewski and Martinez Rankin. Uh, they've been on the active roster for a little bit now. You got four weeks left before the playoffs. How intrigued are you to maybe give them a possible look or two in the coming weeks and just how they progress? Obviously, Stephen coming from an injury earlier this season and obviously Martinez from his uh, rehab. You know what? I think they're both are right on time with their progress. Uh, the thing that I like is that we got two veteran players that have played in that system that understand exactly what we want from them. They know exactly what to do. And so that's great. You always want a uh, uh, very good, solid offensive line depth. And we've gone through that experience where we've had to play other guys. So we like where we are. Now, as far as uh, getting those guys some play time right away, I, I don't have that answer for you, but I do know this. If that uh, situation was to present itself, those guys will go out there and do an outstanding job. And we're going to trust them and doing whatever we need them to do to go out and be as, as uh, efficient for us. Coach E.B., we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. You guys have a great evening. Great afternoon. All right, good. Just getting off the field. Beautiful day. Getting ready to play another game, which is a blessing. So with that, I'll just open it up. Let's go first to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, Coach, I know we've talked about the pass rush uh, a number of times. Sorry, I'll put my video on. There you go. Yeah, now, now I can. Now I can see you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know we talked about the pass rush. I'm just curious, and and your kind of feel for when you blitz. Well, what what's your uh, feeling as far as moving guys around a, along the line, right? As a, the the balancing act between where they're comfortable versus maybe trying to get a matchup where you think you've got a bigger advantage, whether that's moving Frank up and down or moving Chris up and down. Yeah. Like, what's your overall philosophy? Well, we do. We look at that every week as far as a matchup. I mean, we begin there, uh, Brendan and myself. And if we feel like we got one, we try to move guys. Well, we do, we do do that all the time. And then we have a call where we let those guys decide that on their own. Um, so we give them a little bit of freedom. But it's talked about every week. Uh, there are some calls that we have where, you know, it's – based on the formation strength. So it doesn't have anything to do um, with anybody lining up in a particular spot, but we do do that. Yeah. Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Steve. Hey, Sam. We haven't talked a lot about Anthony Hitchens this year, but it seems like he's quietly kind of producing the, his best football for you guys. What have you seen from him from year one to year two in the system? Yeah. You know, I'm glad you asked about Hitch. I mean, to me, he's the glue. Uh, and if you, I mean, you don't have the luxury of seeing the guys like I do and seeing the interaction and, and the little things that he does. He does a lot of, I showed one this morning from yesterday's practice uh, that I was credit. I actually, I actually made the point that we all should feel fortunate that we have Hitch as a Mike linebacker because he does a lot of things before the ball snapped and he helps everybody else play better. I'm, I'm sure glad we got him. I think he's playing some really good football. He's always has played aggressive. He always has tackled with, you know, physically. Uh, and I think he brings that to the game. I think all of us, I'm talking about players and coaches, appreciate what he does. Um, just as a follow, can you kind of expand on what you mean when you said you showed a clip of what he was doing yesterday? Yeah, it was just a communication thing. I mean, look, we did something where the offense moved and motioned and he had to change a alignment and then he had to turn to the secondary and let them know you know, something we were doing coverage wise and get acknowledged from the safety, all the things that go on before the ball snapped. And I think he's as good as I've had 
in doing all that. And, I, and I've, we've, I've been lucky enough to be around some really good ones. But you need that in any defense. The guy in the middle, it's like the quarterback on an offense, right? Uh, the guy that can control things and everybody feels real comfortable with how they're doing it. Uh, makes everybody play a lot faster. I believe that. And I think we're very fortunate in who we have. I can't say enough about him, to be honest with you. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Steve. Um, a follow-up yeah. on Hitchens. Do you have any other stories that sort of illustrate what you're talking about with, with him? Um, yeah. Well, I, I give you this one. I in, And this is a credit to Hitch. And this is more as a person uh, than as, as a player. He Hitch strikes me. He's one of those guys that can – I think go in any setting and get along with anybody. He's that kind of person. I used to sit, the buses are different now, the way we travel, uh, because we travel a lot more buses and we're all spread out. But I used to sit right in front of Hitch on the bus and right next to him was Chris Jones. And I used to listen to those two guys interact all the time. And, used to, and Chris, listen, Chris can go and he, he likes getting on people and he's funny. And, but Hitch can handle anything. Like he's calm and peaceful and he doesn't let anything rattle him and look when you're in charge you're a leader of any unit offensive or defensively and you can let things roll off your back and just be solid as a rock I think that's a a great quality to have in the in the position that he plays let's go next to Pete Sweeney go ahead Pete hey coach what has Legarius's comfort in the box and in the slot meant for Tyron Matthew as far as the freedom to use him in a lot of different ways and and his surge here in the past two games yeah, that's a really, really good point. Um, listen, Rashad Fenton was doing a good job in there, too. Uh, I ju we just felt like uh, Legarius um, could do some things that we needed. It freed up Tyron from having to be that nickel spot. You know, all those times we were moving Tyron around, it was really a credit to him that he could play all those positions mentally. Um, now I think he can settle in at a couple of spots. So we still move him around. I think that makes us all better. Now, we're still living uh, through some growing pains. Uh, with Legarius playing the nickel, but we knew that, uh, and hopefully we can get ourselves ready to, um, as each game goes, that we can get better and better. Good time for a couple more guys. We'll go Nate and then Herbie. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Steve, I want to build off that question from Pete. Um, you mentioned Rashad Fenton. It seems like you got the four core cornerbacks in your system right now. Obviously, you know, Rashad and, and Traverius on the outside. So what do you like about the combination of some snaps going to Rashad in the middle and some of them going to Legarius and how those two guys sort of played off of one another. Yeah, that's, it's helpful. Uh, listen, we, what we try to do as a staff obviously is get the best 11 out there. We can in, in situational football and then try to get guys and using the talents that they have um, in where we put them. And we'd like to be able to continue to do that at some point. It'd be, be nice to get them all out there at one time. We're not probably at that point yet, but we can, we can find our way there. Um, because those guys are doing a real good job. The other thing that um, Rashad's doing a really good job of special teams, and I know uh, Dave Toll appreciates that. Uh, so we'll mix and match. We, we believe in doing that. And when guys can grasp what we're putting in, especially if we add on uh, to the scheme, if they can execute it, that helps us get better. We'll go last to Herbie T.O.B. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach, two quick questions here for you. Uh, the first one, you've obviously faced some pretty good tight ends this year, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, Hunter Henry. What jumps out to you when you pop on the tape and some of the challenges defending against Mike Kosicki yeah. uh, when you look at him? Yeah, boy, he's a, he's a tall drink of water, and he can go up. He has a catch radius. I mean, that's, uh, that's one thing we always talk about with some of these really good tight ends is that the, the quarterback just puts it near him. He finds a way to catch it. And the other thing is, is he runs, you know, these tight ends nowadays, I mean, we call them tight ends, but 
should we be calling him big wideouts? I don't know. I mean, he, he can run, uh, he's nifty, and they find ways to get him the football. I think they do a good job with that. Coach, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Okay, you got it, Brad. Thanks, guys. You just heard from the coordinators, and now we continue on with wide receiver Tyree Kill. Here we go. Uh, we'll start first with Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Tyreek. Um, well, the last time you saw Brian Flores' defense was that 18 championship game, and a lot of guys on the team talked about having you know watched that and how that game motivated them. What did you learn from that game, and how are you a different player, you think, now than you were then? Uh, I don't know. I just feel like each and every year, you know, you try to – you try to become a better player and like just work on your game. So, I mean, obviously that was what, two years ago. So I feel like I've become a better hands catcher, a better route runner, and just better at just attacking the ball and just understanding coverages. So I feel like I'm better in all, in all those aspects. Go next to Herbie T.O.P. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Tyreek, you and uh, Travis are two and three in receiving in the league. And you're not too far off from DK Metcalf. But That's my best buddy. Between you and Kelsey, how much, how much internal competition is going on between each other? And, and do you all quickly look at the stats at the end of the game and say, okay, I'm like three behind you or five behind you? Nah, man, um, we, don't, we don't too much get into stats. You know, I feel like we, I feel like we try to pride ourselves on just winning the game, you know. Um, now, granted, now we all want to make the big play now. I'm not, I'm not going to say that. But as far as like looking at stats, man, we just want to win the game and just, you know, be the best and just um, help each other out, you know, be the best that we can be. So that's what football is all about. It's a team sport, baby. So that's why it's the greatest sport in the world. Thanks to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Tyreek, I know you're a big gamer. When you saw that Travis Kelsey joined Mahomes' is 99, what were you thinking? And if do you believe that you should also be a 99? The first thing I was thinking was um, I'm going to have to deal with two 99s, you know, instead of just one now. Because believe this or not, my brother, like, he plays with the Chiefs, and I try to use, like, the trashiest team on Madden. I'm not going to say no name, but, you know, um, you know, just having, you know, two 99s on this team is amazing. but just as far as gameplay, it, it sucks, man, because obviously Pat is amazing. And then you add Kelsey in the mix, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just unstoppable, you know? So it's crazy. You know, I'm very excited for him. Go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Tyree, I got three questions for you. The first is a lot of talk about going back to Miami. Just what is your favorite memory of being in Miami earlier this year that is not related to the game? And then when did you truly knew that you loved Madden, the, the football game, the video game? Oh, my favorite memory, memory was going to Club Lil, baby. Hey, 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 yeah, turn up, turn up, turn up, turn up. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with that answer because I've already said it. I, I was thinking it in my head. I, I didn't want, really want to say that, but I'm going to stick with it. And what did you say about the, uh, the, the Madden? When did you truly know that you, that you loved playing the video game? Oh, so... When I was a kid, man, um, my dad, he used to kick my butt in, like, Madden 04, you know, when Vic was on the cover. You know, I like, my dad, like, he bought me a PS4 one time, and, like, he never took it easy on me. Like, he beat me, like, 100 to zero. I used to go crying to my mom and stuff like that. So that's when I was like, you know what? I'm going to get great at this game, and I'm going to beat you. Like, three years later, I just ended up beating him. So now it's, it's, it's like, flip now. Now I'm beating him 100 to zero, so. Hey, I do my son the same way too, though. I, I beat my son all the time in Madden, man. He's crying and stuff. So <laughs> let's go next to uh, Harold Coons. Go ahead, Harold. 
Hey, Tyreek. Uh, receivers coach, Greg, he's discussing how he uses Travis and some of the film work that you guys use. I'm just curious, yeah. what is it like watching Travis, you know, do his craft and learning from Travis? And what have you also learned about Travis just off the field as a man because you guys are just such good friends? Well, um, obviously, he's a tremendous teammate, but um, he's very self selfless, you know what I'm saying? Um, he goes out each and every day and works hard at practice, you know, um, competes, and um, he pushes us, you know, um, and um, he's a great leader for us, you know, and as far as, you know, watching tape in the film room, um, G. Lou does use um, specific routes, you know, Kelsey is very good at, you know, because, I mean, we like interchange routes all the time, so Kelsey, like, for him to be his size and, like, like he's very nimble, you know, and very light on his feet, you know, for a guy of his stature. So, I'm, I mean, I was uh, like, when I first got here, I was like, man, you get, this big guy can run routes? Like, are you serious? But he, dude, dude is crazy good. Like, Kelsey is crazy good. Go last to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, Tyreek, uh, Andy Reid said earlier in the week, you know, the topic of the backflip uh, came up that he was maybe going to chat with you. I'm curious, as he – has he talked to you? Is the backflip still on if you're open that we're, we're still going to see it or any adjustments to when we might uh, see it maybe after you score? Is that still going to be part of the repertoire? And I feel like all your questions be like just, ugh, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, I mean, I just feel like, you know, um, Coach Reed, like he just goes out there, I mean, and just lets us like be free spirit and just play the game. You know, now will I stop doing backflips because it is dangerous? You know, I, I will stop doing backflips. You know, I, I just go back to the peace sign, baby. You know, so, yeah. Tyreek, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. That's it? That's it. Easy. I was ready, man. Did I have the ability to influence people to do the right things or, you know, just do better for themselves? Uh, I think as, as all, all of us as athletes here, um, we kind of get that every single Sunday. People are gathering up to, to come and see us perform. And with that, uh, you can get attached to personalities. You can get attached to, you know, uh, what life means to, to us. And, and what that means to me is, um, you know, my, my family, my parents, uh, my community that I grew up in uh, gave me the understanding that if, um, if someone needs a lending hand, uh, you do that and you lend a hand for them uh, if, you, if you have the ability to. And, uh, you know, it's just um, being prideful of, of, of who I am and knowing that I can, I can put a smile on somebody's face and, uh, and doing that. Let's go next to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Travis, a uh, similar question here about your nomination. I was talking to Will Shields yesterday. Of course, he won that award back in 2003, Pro Football Hall of Famer. And he mentioned that you're kind of carrying on that torch for him at Operation Breakthrough. To hear that from a Pro Football Hall of Famer, what's that mean to you? Man, I've been trying to fill a lot of shoes here in Kansas City. Uh, and uh, one of them is um, all the all the unbelievable athletes that were before me that, that made this community feel loved, made this community feel appreciated, um, knowing how much energy and how much – uh, love they bring on Sundays or Mondays or Tuesdays, whatever it is. Now, uh, whenever we play a game, you know, uh, the kingdom is always there and they're, and they're always screaming their lungs out and they're, that we always have their support. So getting in this community, um, sh showing that we, we love them too. And we, we appreciate, you know, what they do and, uh, and that we're here to help and lend a hand, lend a helping hand when we can. Um, that's, uh, that's everything. And, uh, that's what this, this, um, that's what the Chiefs stand for. You know, you've seen it. It's uh, it's not just one guy here and there. It's every single year. Um, you see everybody in this in this building trying to get back into this community. And uh, yeah. Go next to Herbie Tiope. Go ahead, Herbie. 
Hey, Travis, you and uh, Tyreek are currently uh, two and three in the league in receiving. Not much separates you from the leader. Uh, how, how much are you two aware of it? And how much friendly banter is going on between you and the Hill as to who can outdo who? Uh, listen, that's the last guy I want to talk smack to. Uh, he's, uh, he, he's, he's the, I say it all the time. He's the deadliest weapon in the national football league. And I say that for a reason, man, he can, he can strike up the band at any point in the game. Uh, no matter if you're handing the ball off to him or you're throwing it to him. And, uh, and Tyreek is an unbelievable player on the field, even better dude off the field. Um, he's, he's my brother and I, I I'm just, um, it's a lot of honor, and a lot of pride, uh, going into the end of this season like this, uh, being top of the charts with him, knowing how much he works and, uh, and how good he is. So uh, just uh, just having fun. No, I know not to not to poke the bear, man, because he he'll take off in a hurry on me. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Brad, I'll have just one quick follow up here. Uh, Travis, it's been a big week for you um, now with Madden. I, I imagine it's a sensation when you're finally a part of the game. But what was it like hearing that you've reached the pinnacle of getting uh, the 99 rating? It's cool, man. I remember, uh, heck, even. A couple of years ago, I was still creating a player and making all of his ratings 99 or at least making him a 99 overall. I mean, it's uh, it's the peak of that video game. And that video game was everything for me when I was a kid, you know, getting it on Christmas back in the day was that was life in, in, in itself. And uh, to, to see myself go from like a 73 or whatever, my my rookie year to a 99 uh, over the course of seven, eight years is uh, it's pretty cool to see the uh, the development. So it's just um. Shout out to Madden. Don't forget to update your rosters, everybody. Do you have a uh, take on whether or not Tyree Kill should be in that category with you and Patrick? I'll, I'll give it I give it an extra week, man. I give it an extra week. I don't understand how he's still not 99, uh, how his speed is in 99. Nobody's caught him yet. Um, it's just uh, it's a matter of time, man. It's a matter of time. And then there'll, there'll be three 99s on one team, and everybody will soon know. Always pick the Chiefs and Madden. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Travis, you, um, regarding the Walter Payton uh, nomination, you put something on social media yesterday saying, in effect, if uh, when I'm done playing, if all I'm known for is football, then I've failed, more or less. Why is that so important to you? Can you elaborate on that and why it's so important to you to be known for more than football, to be known for your community service as well? Um, football is just a game. We're talking about life. And, um, and to be able to help somebody have a better future, um, being able to, you know, lend a helping hand so somebody has a better situation. Um, that's, that's making a difference. I mean, granted, I can put a smile on somebody's face by doing a touchdown dance on Sundays, but being able to actually uh, help somebody uh, in their situation in life and uh, either, like I said, uh, help them do better for themselves or, or get help for them. Um, that's everything for me. And, and to, be, to be able to be in a situation like I am uh, playing for the Chiefs, being a professional athlete and having the influence I have, I feel like it's a duty of mine to, uh, to make sure that I'm helping out as much as I can, uh, knowing that it's a, it's a responsibility. Good time for a few more guys. We'll go Sam, Surin, and Nate. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Travis. Um, and Brad, I'll have a follow-up to this, but I'm just wondering, how'd you find out about the Walter Payton nominee? How'd you find out that it was you? Um, I believe it was... Uh, Mark Donovan, I, I call him El Presidente. My guy, Mark, is uh, is he's, he's helped me grow in this organization in terms of being a professional and just having awareness about what's really going on. And um, and he came up to me and 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 congratulated me and and let me know that that I was going to be the the nominee this year. And I I'm 
a firm believer that, uh, like I, I've said it before, I think individual accolades are a bit overrated in this game, but this is the one that you can have a lot of honor and a lot of pride for. I mean, uh, it's definitely cool, but there are so many different, there's so many guys on this team that are worthy of it. Uh, Patrick, uh, Tyron, um, I mean, the list goes on there. Everybody is getting into this community and helping this community, uh, be better. And, um, and it's just uh, it's such an honor to represent everybody in Kansas City in this way and in this light. And, uh, you know, I just, it, it makes me want to do more and uh, and um, and just keep on the same path. The second thing I wondered is you could have had your foundation sort of address a number of different things. Why did you pick what you picked? <clears throat> um, to be honest, I fell in love with Operation Breakthrough. Uh, the, my foundation, 87 Running, is uh, – I've helped out Operation Breakthrough in terms of expanding uh, in their original uh, school. And then on top of that, getting the the building across the street uh, and buying that building and making sure that uh, that the kids don't just have somewhere to go kindergarten through eighth grade or preschool through eighth grade. Like once they get to high school, they have somewhere that they can go and um, collaboratively, you know, connect and, 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 and design. And that's something that I, I really wanted to do for, for the community and, and specifically Operation Breakthrough, knowing how awesome they are over there. You know, it's a, it's such a genuine and, and, and loving place. And uh, I just, um, when I, when I first went, walked into Operation Breakthrough, it was, uh, I knew I wanted to help out and be a part of it. And that's, uh, this is the way that I, I've been able to. Let's go next to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, Travis, uh, you mentioned your rookie year once in your rookie year, you, you had to sit out the whole year. Uh, and I know that had to be tough. And now five straight 1000 yard seasons, nobody had even done four. Was there a time that you, you thought, you know, maybe a dark day in that first year that it, it wasn't going to come together? And, and did you ever, is this the career you thought it would be? Was it always going to be a record setting in a 99 on Madden? <laughs> if you, if you ain't dreaming bigger than you, you ain't dreaming big enough, man. I, uh, I live by that right there. And it's, it's, it, there were definitely a lot of dark days without a doubt, even throughout the journey um, outside of c the college experience that I had uh, the first year in the NFL, uh, the ups and downs that I had in the first couple of years in, in, of my career. Um, you know, there, there's, there's always that question of, of, am I doing the right things? Am I, am I taking care of business? And um and to have a routine of success, being able to trust the the people around you, like Coach Reed, uh, like Mark Donovan, I named earlier, like uh, like Brett Veach, the guys that are that are putting um, the players together and the plays together to to have players have success in this league. Trusting that, and then trusting my ability to to hear the fundamentals and hear the coaching, and uh, and try and grow within all that. Um, trusting that is huge. And not everybody has that situation. I'm just very fortunate that I got to land here in Kansas City uh, with the pieces that I did and uh, and the players that I did because, man, I love it here. Well, Nate Taylor with the last one. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Travis, I have two questions as well. I'll start with the first one. When you think about the way your college career ended, um, how often do you allow yourself to reflect about the maturity that has gone on in your life since then? Uh, and then, Brad, I'll have a follow-up. Um, well, as, I mean, as you get older, you know, you, you live and you learn, you, you start to figure out what works, what doesn't work. Um, you know, what's, what's meaningful to you and, uh, and, and what is your passion? And before I, uh, I got removed from the football team in college, I don't necessarily know if I loved football. I love to compete, but I didn't necessarily love football and, uh, and having it taken from me, 
um, I realized how much I really did appreciate it. And and then once I got back onto the team, it's just been a nonstop effort to to become the best football player I can, knowing that I'd never want to get to that position and not being able to play this game again. And uh, just developing through all of that. And and like I said, trusting the process of, of getting better, the fundamentals and uh, and the work ethic, but also, you know, being a nerd throughout this game. I, I try and tell people all the time, you got to be you got to be a nerd. You have to get in the playbook. You have to get. You have to watch film, not not just up there watching movies. You have to dissect it and 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 really become a, a nerd and a, a, a perfecter of your craft. And uh, yeah, hey, Hitch. Um, from the outside looking in, it appears that you're more comfortable in this system. And obviously, it's the second year in the system compared to the first one. But what else has led you to to sort of be, you know, more defined role this year and more successful in that role? Yeah, like you said, I think it's just being more comfortable. Uh, second year in the system. Um, my last three years, I think I was in th three different systems and uh, finally getting comfortable in one and, and hopefully can be in you know same, the same one for, for years to come. So, I mean, just like with everything in life, I mean, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get and the better you get at it as long as you work at it. So uh, I just been working my tail off the past two years just to, you know, try to uh, better myself and my teammates. And uh, it's just finally showing. Let's go next to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Hitch. Uh, we talked to Coach Spags earlier, and he called you the glue of the defense. To hear that from uh, from your defensive coordinator, what's that mean to you? Yeah, um, I mean, we, we talked recently, and uh, he actually shared that with me as well. And, uh, I mean, that's a lot of praise coming from the the, uh, the head guy right there. And just he just put a lot of faith in me and uh, getting everybody lined up and making sure we're getting in and out of, you know, trouble downs and situations. So, uh, just knowing that, uh, I know I have to be ready and prepared every week and try to be out there for my teammates. Let's go next to Karen Kornacki. Go ahead, Karen. Hey, Hedge. Sorry about that. Um, Coach was just talking, Coach Daly, about just how this team is going to have their hands full with the Dolphins. With Tua leading the offense, a young quarterback, and then Gaskin back at running back, what are you guys expecting offensively from this group that just seems to be getting better every week? Yeah, everything. Uh, I mean, they run the ball well. They spread you out and empty. They pass the ball. Uh, you know, they have five different backs. It seems like every other week there's somebody different back there running. They all run very similar and hard. And quarterbacks, both quarterbacks are smart and talented and uh, got good arm strength. So uh, just like every week, you know, presents a new challenge. But uh, this week, we, I mean, we have our hands full with a, a lot of good skill guys around there. So we just got to hone in on that for these next uh, 48 hours and get our uh, finalize our game plan. We'll go last to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Anthony. So uh, last year, Frank Clark was obviously dominant in the playoffs. This year, there's been a little bit of adversity. As a, his teammate, one of the leaders, how do you see him attacking some of that each and every day? Yeah, I mean, for me, I don't think he's struggling or, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Frank's been an amazing leader. He's not worrying about the stats. And you need guys like that. He's not worrying about that. That's going to come. Uh, as long as we all keep playing hard and doing our job, uh, the individual uh, stats to come. And like you said, sometimes it comes in the playoffs. You know, sometimes it comes earlier late in the season. But as long as we just stay with it and keep working, all that will come. And I just think he's he's in here leading. He's not complaining. Uh, you still see him out there working on his pass rush at the end of practice. So when you get more guys like that, that's not really focusing on their you know, individual goals and know they're going to come. Uh, that's how you, that's how you get to the Super Bowl and then play well. So uh, hats off to him and 
and Veach and everybody and getting a lot of guys like that in our locker room and especially on this defense. So uh, I'm not really worried about how many sacks we have as a team or him as an individual. Uh, we're just trying to get better as a defense and then all that stuff will come. Hitch, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. All right, thank you guys. You just heard from Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Anthony Hitchens, and now we continue on with some assistant coaches. Again, we'll hear from quarterbacks coach Mike Kafka, wide receivers coach Greg Lewis, and we'll finish up with defensive backs and cornerbacks coach Sam Madison. Again, we'll start with quarterbacks coach Mike Kafka. Hey Mike, how are you doing today? Great. How are you, Adam? Good, thanks. Um, your touchdown the other night, um, was on a free play, as you know, and Pat seems to have a real knack for that. What's your advice to him in those situations? And Brad, I'll have a, a quick follow-up too. Yeah, well, first off, Pat's been doing a great job with the cadence um, all season long, being able to get those guys to jump off sides and get free plays. Um, I think that's um, one, a testament to just the guys trusting them to continue just to play fast through uh, once the ball snap, keep on playing. Um, then Pat giving those guys an opportunity. I think there's, you know, a time and a place for getting the ball out downfield and then taking what they give you and getting the easy completion or, or a quick five yards. Yeah, that seems to be a, a thing that, that you associate with veteran quarterbacks. You need to have maybe more, you think of guys with more experience than Pat. So where does that come from? Like, how, how did he pick that up? Uh, what did you guys teach him in that regard? Um, and, and can you speak to the difficulty of it as a, a quarterback yourself? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's, it's having control of the cadence, when to use it, how to use it. Um, it's, it's also just a, a feel out there in the game of, you know, how are these DNs rushing? Are they, are they pinning their ears back? Um, are they jumping? It's communication between the quarterback and the O-line on um, hard counts and, and, and those type of things. So, you know, I'd, I'd say I'd credit the guys on that one, just, you know, they're being on the same page. Um, and then, you know, everyone on, on offense trusting that, hey, balls, balls snap, let's go. Get into our routes. Let's get and work downfield and um, continue to get open. Let's go next to Eb Samuel. Go ahead, Eb. Hey, uh, Coach Mike, uh, kind of curious about Patrick. And just one of the things that's kind of distinguished him early in his career is his ability to make almost any throw from any platform, no matter where what position his legs are in or how they are. Um, is that something that you can coach or that you have coached in him? Or is that just an innate ability? And how special is that ability? How often do you see that? Yeah, it's rare. And uh, that was one of the things that, um, you know, he really came with coming from college, high school, playing multiple sports. Um, you know, he, he really came with a lot of that, that talent skill from the arm, from his arm angles and all that. So, you know, I think Pat's gotten better and more confident with it as teams, as you know, the seasons and years have gone on, but you know, that's, that's Pat being Pat. That's who he is. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey Mike, working as closely as you do uh, with Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, we're getting to that part of the year where we're going to start to hear about the head coaching stuff, and Eric doesn't want to talk about it. So, as you work together with him, why do you think that he may make a, a really good coach in this league? Yeah, uh, EB's done a great job of you know putting putting our stuff together as far as from an offensive staff bringing us along. Um, he sets the tempo for the offense, right? So, um, I think that alone and the success we've had with him, him and coach leading it. Should, should tell you right there. Thanks. Uh, Eb, I think you had a follow-up. Go ahead, Eb. Sorry, I cut you off there. No problem. Um, yeah, the other question I was really curious is, again, he's he's. It, it's hard, I think, for us to remember sometimes. He's only in his third year as a starter, but first starter, year as a starter MVP, second year as 
winning the Super Bowl. What is it, what is it about him or what have you noticed in him that's kind of allowed him to have this very quick ascendancy when guys like Peyton and Brady took a, a while to get to those accomplishments? Yeah. Um, I think one of the, one of the, one of my favorite things about the offense is, and one, when I got here in 2017 was how much freedom they give the quarterback to make adjustments at the line of scrimmage, whether it's, you know, pass to run, run to pass, pass to pass, run to run, um, adjustments with routes, protections. And so, you know, we give, we give the keys to the car to the quarterback to allow him to do those things. And Pat's um, been able to slowly each year gotten better at um, kind of um, um, anticipating and understanding what he can get away with, um, what he needs, you know, how he can get his job done more effectively. And so we just keep on feeding him more information, more information. Um, and then he's, you know, he's able to kind of absorb all that stuff and apply it to uh, who he is as a player. Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Mike. I have a, a fun question for you. Um, given the level of efficiency in this particular category, are you almost happy when teams blitz Patrick? <laughs> That's a good question. I think, um, sure, when, when we, we can get it protected, it's nice. Um, but, no, Pat's done a great job. Our old lines has done a great job of, you know, being able to stay firm, backs included, tight ends. You know, it's a 11-man operation. So, I think, you know, we put a, we put a lot of time into it as a staff, as a position group, and as an offense of – making sure we can um, handle the pressures. Obviously teams throw wrinkles at you and um, that's what good, that's what good defenses do. So being able to adjust quickly um, and use, use some tools and rules that we have in the offense to, uh, to get the ball out quickly. We'll go last to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey coach. Uh, my question was about the blitz as well, actually. Uh, Patrick's numbers are crazy against the blitz, like nine yards an attempt, 14 touchdowns, no interceptions. He's still a young player as accomplished as he is. How rare is that for a young player to be so comfortable against the blitz? Yeah. It, you know, I think, I think Pat's done a great job. He studies, he studies like crazy on all the pressures, you know, he'll, he'll review, you know, every single one that they've, they've run in, in the season, go back multiple years. And then he has great recall. He's able to, you know, remember, certain looks um and then you tie that in with you know a good feel in the uh, in game and he's kind of able to pick up little indicators on body language and you know tilts of safeties and stuff like that so you kind of tie that all together um pat brings the structure from what we talk about in the quarterback room and then brings it out to the field and it becomes an effective effective thing for the offense coach kafka we appreciate the time thanks for joining us thank you Coach, this is kind of a bit of a two-part question, but um, Tyreek's always had the deep routes in, in his part of his game, but it's really the intermediate routes where it seems like he's really grown, um, especially a play like he made at the end against Tampa Bay to pick up that first down late in the game. How well has he improved on those kinds of routes, and how much of the work that he's done in the offseason you know, with Keith Williams you think has really helped out there? Uh, Tyreek has always been a – a guy that could run fast and, and get past people and, and go down the field. And he does an amazing job of tracking the ball down the field. And since day one, since I've gotten here, and I know Coach Cully probably was doing it too with him, just refining it. Just don't be a speed guy, down the field guy. Let's work on getting in and out of breaks. Uh, and the all-season work that he does is, is amazing. Uh, we're not able to, to get with him at those times. And he's always trying to find ways to improve on different things. And when he comes back, he's improved, and we just try to add on to the things that, that he's done. And I think he's done a tremendous job with that and also brought along some of the younger guys with him as well. 
go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hi, Coach Lewis. Um, you kind of a unique question here. <clears throat> um, with Travis Kelsey, I know he's not necessarily in your group, but just how amazed have you been watching him as far as maybe the receiving traits that he has, even though he has this bigger body than most of the guys you work with? Uh, it's been un unbelievable just to be a part uh, of the team and the organization and get to see him operate each day and each game. Uh, it it's amazing. and it's, it's awesome to see what he does. We try to use some of the stuff. Obviously, we're not as big as he is, but some of the intricacies that he used with some releases, uh, shoulder placement, arm placement, and how he does those different things to uncover against coverage. Uh, we try to implement some of those as well in our room, the ones that that fit what we where we're able to do. So uh, it's been a blessing to be a part of seeing one of the greats all time uh, play. Go last two, Nate Taylor and then Sam. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Greg, I just asked uh, Mike this as well, but given how successful you guys are against the Blitz, obviously that's not just the quarterback as well, it's the offensive lineman and obviously your receivers. Uh, just what have you noticed from your receiver group that gives the that gives Patrick the ability to be so successful when an opposing team blitzes you? Well, I think at the end of the day, it's about doing your job and, and being accountable to what everybody's expecting to happen. Uh, we do it a lot on Blitz, with the receivers, with the O-line, with the quarterbacks, with everybody involved. And it's just about being on the same page uh, when those situations occur. And I think our guys, specifically the receivers, our mentality is to play fast. And if you continue to play fast, uh, Pat will have an opportunity to find you because we have a great O-line, the backs, the tight ends, they're in protection doing their thing. And it's our job to uncover and give them a place to throw the ball. And uh, we do that as best we can on a daily basis. Let's go last to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Wondering about Sammy Watkins. When he came to you guys, you know, he was a, a big-time deep threat, and it seems like he's really carved out a different sort of role here because of your personnel. How different of a receiver do you feel like he is now compared to when he first arrived here? I still feel Sammy can do all the stuff that we saw on tape and, and the reasons we wanted him here, he's capable of going downfield and, and doing those things. We haven't put him in those situations a bunch as far as personnel wise, but the capability is there. And he's carved out a niche in, in, in this offense, just like everybody else has within the offense. And it's about doing your job, being accountable and, and knowing what's expected of you and being the best at it. Now, at the end of the day, we're all interchangeable. Now, we might not all run 4-2 like Tyreek or 4-3 like McCole, but everybody that's in the receiver room is going to be able to execute the job that's called for them, regardless of who's in there. So it's opportunities for everybody to do different things within the offense. It's just that's not what has happened right now. But that's not to say it's not possible for them. Coach Lewis, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Hey, Coach, always a pleasure. Hope you're well. Herb, all is well. Hey, uh, Co Coach Brian Flores was telling us yesterday that uh, Mike Gesicki, their tight end there, he likes to study other tight ends. And one of them that he mentioned was Travis Kelsey. As you devise a scheme to defend against this guy, especially on the back end of coverage, how many similarities do you see with him and Kelsey? 
Well, you know, one thing when you look at Gusecki coming in as a young player, you know, his his MO was being a pass receiving tight end. And, um, you know, it just transitioned right into him coming from college to the NFL. And you can see those things on on tape. So, you know, the similarities are there, you know, um, you know, the different route running and the concepts that they have. They're trying to implement those same things and they're able to put him in all different types of spots. They line him up out wide. They line him up in location. They flex him a lot. So, you know, they do a lot of different things with them. Um, and he has really good hands, soft hands, and he's a good route runner. So, you know, when you look at Kelsey and you look at Kaseki, you know, I mean, they, they're going to try to feed those tight ends because try to keep base personnel out there and try to get mismatches. Um, and he's a weapon, you know, from, you know, backed up all the way to the red zone. So, you know, he is a, a, somebody that you have to take your hat off to and, and make sure that you know where he is at all times. The next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Coach, uh, normally wouldn't ask you about uh, a practice squad player, but this is a very recent first rounder. I was just wondering how DeAndre Baker's coming along so far. He's moving along. You know, he's been coming in here um, early mornings, getting a lot of different, um, you know, coaching points and understanding the defense and, um, you know, throwing a lot of different things at him um, and putting him out there against, uh, you know, our number one uh, wide receivers by being that he's on practice squad and he's answered the call, you know. So, um, you know, just trying to make sure that he's on the same page. And like I told you guys before, trying to do it our way, um, the Kansas City Chiefs way, um, and, and he's responding. So, you know, um, we're just going to keep repping him, um, you know, and getting him work, getting his legs back up under you, you know, because a lot of these guys, they have a number of weeks on, on him, you know, because he was out so long. But, you know, um, he has some skills. He has some tools. So I see why he was a first rounder um, and, and and why people rated him the way that he did coming out of college. Uh, but, you know, we're just going to keep working at him. And um, Veach, as well as, uh, you know, Coach Reed, you know, they're doing a very good job with him as well as Coach Bags. Go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Sam. Um, one question I have for you is this was the time last year where you guys were still sort of experimenting in the secondary, uh, primarily with, you know, having Kendall Fuller go from maybe slot to the safety. I'm just wondering with, you know, four capable cornerbacks now, just what would you like to see over the next month to prepare you guys for the playoffs and just the variety you can give to opposing teams? Um, you know, just continue to, um, you know, execute the defense that's called, you know, Coach Bags, uh, you know, and in, in our defensive coaching staff, we do a really good job of going out and, and finding the things that, you know, the opposing offense uh, do very well. And, you know, we try to go and try to portray, you know, everything and potentially that they can throw at us. Um, and then the guy is just going and absorbing that information and going and apply it on the practice field and then, you know, making plays during the game. So, you know, when you look at, you know, finally having all the pieces to the puzzle together, you know, now just trying to, you know, put it all together and then just having these guys play fast. That's one of the things that you really want at this point of the season, you know, everybody's playing fast and communicating and everybody clicking on all cylinders. And, you know, it, it's still, uh, we have some young guys that still, you know, on a learning curve and, but, you know, I think they're doing a really good job and um, we're just going to keep throwing. And I know Coach Spag is going to keep throwing things at them because, you know, he does a very good job of breaking down, you know, the opposing offenses. So, you know, um, for as our room, you know, we just going to have to be able to, you know, absorb that information, then go and apply it during, um, you know, game time situations. Coach Madison, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. All right, y'all guys, be safe. Thank you.